Zoom. Thank you for joining us today on Woman to Woman. We're glad to have you, and we're looking forward to having a great program today. So I want to um, introduce you to our guest today. Pastor Jennifer Tarkenton is co-pastor of Faithful Life Church with her husband, Matthew, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She is a graduate of Central Michigan University and has been in ministry since 2005. Jennifer currently serves as both the children's and youth pastor as of Faith for Life Church, as well as running the women's ministry and counseling parents and women at the church and in the community. The primary message that Jennifer speaks is the importance of joy in the life of the believer and on how important the celebration is for faith. Please welcome to Woman to Woman, Pastor Jennifer Tarkington. Hello. Hi, Jen. Hi, thank you for having me today. This is exciting. Yes. So Jennifer is a natural born cheerleader. So. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, just cheer with her. <laughs> I'll keep um, us excited today. Yes, <laughs> yes. There's no boring when Jennifer is around. <laughs> it doesn't exist. That is true. And I'm pretty loud, so I'll try to keep it down. <laughs> Amen. We're so glad to have you and um, just to just talk, talk with you today and allow you to share with us um, the wisdom and knowledge that you have awesome. that, God, that, that God has given you. And yes. we're just excited to hear you share with us today. Well, thank you. I'm excited to Those things that God has put on your heart. So we're going to go to the first question. Okay. I've been struggling with having a desire to exercise and do what's necessary to lose weight. Any helpful tips to get me motivated? Okay, not to, not to um, grab a uh, Nike slogan, which is really isn't a Nike slogan, it's a God slogan, and that is just go. do it. <laughs> just do it. Just stop making excuses mm -hmm. and just do it. And um, because if you, the more you think about it, the worse, the worse off you'll be. You always have an excuse when not to do something but you have to just do it. Make up your mind, this needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And it might hurt starting out, but yeah. it's gonna help. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a definite help. Um, and just, just follow the peace of God and let the Lord show you what to do. So many times we listen to other people and what they tell us to do and whatever, and um, which helps, but we have to weigh everything that people tell us against what the Lord is telling us about our own bodies. Um, you know, so it's just for, for instance, with me, normally what I do, whatever I would do, it will work for Christ, my, my youngest daughter, Christina, but it don't work for Pastor Michelle, you know, so her body might be more like her dad's or more like her grand, uh, grandmother's or my sis, siblings, my sisters or whatever. So you have to know what, what's, what's going to work for you. And the best place to get that from is God because he cares about you, he loves you, and he will work with you on whatever area you decide to work on. Jen, do you wanna add anything to that? I became a personal trainer because I needed to lose a lot of weight and change 
um, my lifestyle and I have kept it off for many years. And it started with just having, like you said, to just do it, you know, but I want to encourage you to start slow, just, you know, find something you want to do, either start with working out or start with changing your diet. Just pick one or the other. Don't do both because our body can't handle that. It becomes too much. So start slow, you know, okay, I'm going to start working out. And that's what I did. I worked out for months before I finally started, you know what, I want to change the way I was eating and I made slow steps, you know, but I also want to encourage, you know, when you start to work out, you know, celebrate the small steps, you know, celebrate when you walked all week or you started to run or you, you know, you ate healthy all week, you know, and I also want to encourage you, don't starve yourself. Like, don't, like, if you have a favorite food, go ahead and eat it, but eat it smaller. Like, I love ice cream. So whenever we go and get ice cream, I get a kid size ice cream. And instead of putting like Reese's peanut butter cups, which I really want to do, I put in like pretzels or mm-hmm. caramel or a strawberry because it's a healthier version to that. But yeah. just like Pastor Sebra said, you've got to just do it. And it's not going to be easy in the beginning, but if you start small, you're mm-hmm. going to get there. And I work out almost three to four days a week and I love it, you know, and it becomes almost like an addiction because I love to do it. And it, I am a happier person because I get to spend time by myself in the morning, (laughs) you know, and focus on myself. And then I get to pray while I'm working out. And it's, to me, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so start small, celebrate those steps that you do. So that's, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I like part of what she said, especially about starting small, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we take take on too much and it's Mm -hmm. too too much for us to deal with. And so you have to take it slow, especially if you haven't worked out in a while. Um, You know, you don't go do a whole workout. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you work up to it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's what she means when you when she says starting small Mm -hmm. is uh, just just have a thing. I'm going to do five minutes today or I'm going to do 10 minutes today or I'm going to do 15 minutes the next day or whatever and go like that. And um, and once you have established that routine of this is something that you're going to have to do, then, then you can uh, work on changing your diet. As yes. to, but you should be, re- be researching that while you're doing the workout. Yes, you should be. Yes, you so should you be. don't have to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and the biggest thing is processed foods, trying to get off of the processed foods. Yes. You know, like I've learned how to make, we love tortillas, so I've learned how to make tortillas in my house so that we're not eating that processed food. And it's, it's baby steps, and it does mm-hmm. take research and time. But once you learn, you get it moving. You know, even yeah. portion control. I eat on a smaller plate, and my husband gets to eat on a smaller plate now too <laughs> because you eat less food when you have a smaller plate because your plate looks full. So it's those little things that you learn to do. You know, and start by maybe measuring, you know, like uh, when I I was eating lunch yesterday, I measured out what I was going to eat. And then I put away everything else because if you leave stuff out, you're going to munch on it all day. Put out what you're going to eat and then put the rest of it away. Mm -hmm. So. Amen. Praise God. We commend you for wanting to do something and and, uh, uh, and asking, taking the time and asking to get some information. But for those of you who who want to do that you just the, the biggest thing is just making the decision to do it yes. and uh, I will say that I have um, I had lost oh, about 37 pounds and when I started after this quarantine I didn't gain any weight on quarantine but when I started traveling with those masks on the only way I can travel was to eat and I chose to eat the wrong thing 
So, you know, when you're on an airplane or in an airport, you could take your mask off so you could eat. And so that forced me, I had to have something to munch on to eat on all the time. And um, I done gained half my weight back. And now I, I'm at the point that I just have to do it. I have to do if necessary to uh, take it off. I know what to do. And um, I just need to do it. But sometimes there are all different things that happen. Right, right now, I don't have an oven in my home. So I've ordered and paid for it in March. And I'm still waiting on my oven. And uh, so I'm forced to do my air fryer. And I don't like to cook it with the microwave. So I do most of my stuff air fryer or I'm eating out. Uh, that's not good. Because, you know, you, you know, sometimes when I'm air frying my food, I can still do without the processed food. Um, one of the biggest thing I learned about my air fryers when I didn't need to put oil in it. So, you know, because even though I was using olive oil, when I didn't have, realize I didn't have to put oil in it, and I could still uh, put my food in there and not have the extra calories that comes with the, the uh, shortening or um, air, that, that's still better than um, putting french fries in a, in a pan of grease and frying them or uh, frying your chicken and whatever. That's still health, a healthier alternative. But, you know, we, you have to be able to bake some things and do some things, which my air fryer will allow me to break it, um, bake it and whatever. Um, but, um, but that's what I'm, I'm forced to do. And um, so now I just have to, I know what snacks to use, but I know I wasn't doing that on the airport because they, you, you can't, you know, you go go to the airport sometimes and they'll tell you you can't put carry that snack on, so you have to buy something in the airport. Um, but now I, you know, I realize that I know how to just do what I need to do, and that's what I have to do. I just need to do what I need to do, um, and you have to make up your mind to do it. You have to realize that you are a spirit being and you have a soul. And you have a soul and a, and a mind, a, a body, which means your soul and your body is a possession. So the way you don't let your soul, your emotions, your will, and your body run you, you run them. You tell them what to do and not allow your emotions to run wild. So a lot of us are emotional eaters. You know, uh, just because you deny it don't mean it's true. And one of the first things about this is being honest with yourself. If you're an emotional eater, then you have to make sure that you train yourself that, nope, I'll run you. You don't run me as my emotion. You're, it's like, you know what? If you own a car, it's like you getting in the car and putting in drive and letting it drive you where it want to go. You're not going to do that, first of all. It, it's, it can't drive without you, but you can't, you're not, you can't just let your car to go or your possession go where it wants to. It will take you, it will take you to death. And so what you need to do is you have to take control over your own life and do the things that's necessary in order to be healthy and to be of, of good service of, to God for what he wants you to do. And so you have to have to do what you have to do. So just do it. Just make a decision to do it. Start out working out and just uh, make you um, develop a routine because it's not hard to, to develop a routine. If you know you're going to do it, just do it. Um, and then work on, do some research on your food. Find out what works for you and what doesn't because 
we're different people. And some things will work for us and some things won't. won't. So find out what's good for you, what you need to do without, and what you, you just have to have. And uh, you can have just about anything, you just have to tone it down. And yes. I, like I say, just reward. If, if you just have to have something, make it something that you have once a month. Yeah. You know, and reward yourself with. But don't reward it by going overboard. <laughs> yes, and that's where I think a lot of people do. You know, and like yep. one of the things I started doing, like when I when we do go out to eat, is a lot of times my husband and I will split a meal. And mm -hmm. because we're learning to eat, a, we don't need all that food. Or if I get a salad, I put all the dressing on the side because we think a salad is so good for mm -hmm. us, but it's, and it is, but it's a salad dressing that we yep. throw all the sugar and everything is. So that, right. and a lot of times I love avocados. So I'll just use avocados. I'll smash it up and make that or guacamole because I know it's a healthier alternative. But mm -hmm. just like you said, there's a ton of stuff you can go out and research. And yes, everybody's body is different. Mm -hmm. And one of the things too is, don't weigh yourself. A lot of times people like to weigh themselves a lot and your weight is going to change daily, you know, depending on anything, you know, so mm -hmm. maybe only weigh yourself once every couple of weeks. And, but the biggest thing is you're changing your insides. You're, and that's the biggest thing is like making sure you're a healthier from the inside out and people yes. will notice it, but it does take time, you know? And like we keep saying, celebrate the small stuff, you know, okay, I've worked out for a week. Awesome. I worked out, a, you know, not another week, you know, keep it going, but celebrate that. Cause you'll never reach your goal. If you're not going to celebrate the right. small things that you do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Make it interesting. There you go. Yes. Yep. Amen. Praise God. Next question. While praying, how can I as a wife help the vision of my husband? Huge. He has a huge vision. He's a dreamer. When the vision is bigger than the both of us. Thanks for your wisdom on this. Well, a lot of time, the reason why the vision is, is bigger than the both of you is because it is bigger <laughs> than the both of you. But that, that's a, that does not mean it's not possible. It just means that you have to do what's necessary to see it through. So the first thing you want to do, the Bible tells you to write it down. Um, you, want to, you want to think about what it's going to take to get there. And you want to think about your starting point. And you want to think about and pray about what you need to do in each process to get to where the vision is. Your vision is given to you by God. And if you try to do your vision, that vision without God, you're going to fail. You cannot kick God out of it once you get your vision. You have to follow the steps and directions that he give you. And always encourage each other. Never put each other down because you made a mistake. Because we're human. Mistakes are things that chase us down. <laughs> so... Um, but, you know, uh, immediate, just encourage each, each other. So we made a mistake. So we got to correct it. Let's correct it. Let's not sit here and, and wallow in it and uh, self-pity or pity ourselves or whatever. Let's just, okay, all right, so we have to stop at this point and recollect ourselves and then go on. Because the vision is still there. It's still reachable because it was given to you for God, by God. And God's not going to give you something that you do not have the power to obtain. 
you know, my husband is a huge dreamer and a lot of times he'll come to me and I'll be like, oh my goodness. But I put a smile on my face and I just keep encouraging him because I've got to be his biggest cheerleader. We yeah. have to be the ones to, to encourage them and lift them up. And, mm -hmm. and I never, you know, I know he hears from God, but I never like, you know, pop that bubble. And so what a lot of times though, what I will do with him is after it's been a couple of days and he's given me this huge dream, I'll be like, Hey, so I just have a couple of questions and mm -hmm. ask him some things. And he'll be like, Oh, that's good. You know? And cause we're, when you're really excited about something, what you don't want is someone to go, Oh, that's not going to work. You know? Yeah. So we as wives just need to encourage, you know, them. And then, you know, a couple of days later, you know, just, I talk to him about it, mm -hmm. you know, and if I don't see it, I'm going to We say in our house, we're going to faith it until we make it. We aren't going to fake it. We're going to faith it until we make it because that's important to believing because mm -hmm. I know my husband hears from God, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, one of the things too is, you know, pray over it and ask, you know, ask your husband, how can I help you with this dream? You know, what can I do to yeah. encourage you, you know, and start a confession over him mm -hmm. and then pray for people to come in who have the same vision as he does that are willing to help him. You know that because that's a lot of times with anyone, they have these visions, you know, we can only do so much, but we need mm -hmm. the helpers in to make sure this dream, you know, really goes forth. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> And a lot of times when, you know, well, first I want to say the biggest thing that a woman can do to help her husband when he's dreaming big is to, like you said, Jen, to be his biggest cheerleader. Is mm -hmm. to, to not be the one sitting there telling, doubting him or telling him it won't work. Right. That's the best way to uh, turn your marriage the way you don't want it to go. Yes. yes. Because men don't want to be told that they can't do. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, you know, they tell themselves that themselves enough. Yeah. So they want, you know, one of the reasons why they married their wives is because they need somebody that's going to stand by their side and that's going to cheer them on. Yes. And um, so I always approach it. What would I want my husband to do for me if I had a dream? And when I look at it that way, then... Uh, the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. So whatever I would want him to do, then I try to do. Um, do for him. Um, and, and then I, I'm in, uh, you reap what you sow. You know, because if, it, if when I do it for him, then he's fast to do it for me. And then you end up just encouraging each other and whatever. Now, you all know my husband is the dreamer of all dreamers. Um, God you know, God can tell him things or, or, or give him things that he, has, that he wants him to do because he said to the Lord, use me up. Just use me up. And the Lord said, okay. You ask me, I'm going to use you up. He's going to use him up. So he always has something for him to do um, because my husband doesn't like to be idle. He doesn't believe in standing still. Um, he believes in doing what God told him to do. And we're going to do everything we can in our power to do what God has told us to do because that's why we're here. We're here for his service, for him to use in the way that he wants us to use. And so sometimes we want to sit back and say, well, that, that's not godly or whatever. That's not the way you handle it. You pray about it and let God tell him. And then you never say to your husband, I told you so. Never, never, never. Because you don't want him saying it to you. <laughs> so we're, the, we're, here, we're there to help them, not to yes. condemn them. Yes. 
Yes. That's the, the job of the Holy Ghost is to condemn them. Yes. Not ours. Right. We're and um, we're to encourage them and to, mm -hmm. to help them to do what God has called them to do. Mm -hmm. yes. And so the best way to do that is to, the number one way to do that is pray, to pray for them. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember when we first started the church, um, the number one thing that I did the whole service was pray for my husband. Now, I'm finding myself I don't have to do that anymore. Um, you know, I do pray for him, but I don't find the whole service I'm praying for him. I get to really enjoy the sermon and enjoy the services now. But, I, um, you know, there was, there was some things that you just have to do. And, um, and that's one of the things that I found, that I, found, I found out now that I don't have to do it as much. You know, I come to church and I find sometimes that I do because it depends on what's going on in, in the atmosphere. Um, who's in who's coming in the door you know the lord has you to pray and sometimes i'm praying for him and sometimes i'm praying for people in the audience but your prayers are always going to be more effective than what you think because we think sometimes we just think wrong you can't pray wrong i mean you can pray wrong but you can't pray wrong where I mean, usually if you pray wrong, it's because you want to pray wrong. Um, so I guess I can't say you can't pray wrong, but it's so much easier to pray right than it is to pray wrong. It's so easy to think wrong. Because most time, most people don't think. They just act on what somebody else has told them to do. And that's no problem if that someone else is God. But if it's yeah, anybody else but God, then it can become a problem. Um, is you have to learn how to listen to him and, uh, and to obey him and to do what he told you to do regardless of what anybody else is doing. And he told us to pray for our husbands. He told us to um, be a helpmate to our husband. Not a, not a killer. You know, you can kill your husband with your words. You can kill his dreams with your words. So you have to be, sometimes you just have to close your mouth. Sometimes when he's tell, sharing his, your, your, his dreams, you don't have to say anything. And if he asks you, why aren't you saying anything? I am listening. I'm listening to what you're saying. And I'm, I'm uh, talking to God about it. And finding out what God wants me to do. And once I, you know, but uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to repeat every negative thought you have. Because your thoughts are not necessarily your thoughts. Sometimes they're the devil's thoughts, and they become your thought when you say them. So you don't have to say what you think all the time. Okay? Because that's how we get in trouble. And go, this goes right back to the emotional thing that we talk, I talked about, with, we talked about with the dieting or whatever and the eating. is that we let our emotions get out of control, and our emotions are always getting into trouble. Getting us into trouble. I asked somebody the other day, tell me the last time you made an emotional decision and it worked out for you. Because it doesn't work. When you make a decision based on emotions, it's going to be the wrong decision. Because you're letting your emotions, your possessions r run your life. That never works. 
100% agree with you, especially with emotions and women, because we are driven by that. That's something we're trying to teach our three girls right now, that we don't let our emotions control us. Right. And I, I love what you said, you know, with, you know, the thoughts that come in. We can't speak everything that we, you know, we think, you know, and that's right. what we just need to learn to shut it sometimes. Shut our yeah. mouth. <laughs> So especially with our husbands, because we are there to be are their cheerleaders and to encourage them. I love that you said that's why they married us, because mm-hmm. they saw that in us, you know, yep. and just we don't always see it right away. But we trust God. We trust our husbands. And like you said, we pray for them and confess over them, yeah. you know, that they continue to hear from God. But I, I love that. That was great, Pastor Deborah. Thank you. Praise God. So it's, it's just it's interesting. I just thank God I only have to do it from one man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so it's, um, you know, just that he, Tony had tells us we have to be able to help meet to that one man. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. if you do it right and let, let the man find you and you're not finding him, because the Bible didn't say every um, a woman that finds a husband finds a good thing. It says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. And if he's not man enough to find you, you don't want him. It's true. If he can't step out and find you, then uh, you got the wrong man. If you have to find him, you are ahead of God. So... Uh, just learn how to be a support to the man that God gave you. And, on, and just to give you scripture for uh, what we were talking about, thought, it's, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 16 when the Bible talks, not 16, chapter 6, he talks about take no thought. He says, take no thought. And then the next word is saying. You take the thought by saying it. Whenever you think something, you have to meditate on whether or not that is your thought, God's thought, or the devil's thought before you say it. Because if it's the devil's thought, you definitely don't want to say it. If it's your thought, you may not want to say it either. <laughs> so you have to find out how that thought fits in with the plan of God before you say it. Because you, once you say it, then you took it as your own. So we need to make, uh, uh, make that uh, adjustment in our lives. The Bible also tells us in, in 1 Peter 3 what we are supposed to do for our husband. We'll win them. So many women think they got to preach to their husband. So many women have, think that they have to remind their husbands of what the word says. And, you know, you're not his Lord. You're his wife. And your job is to let him see the lifestyle of your life how you live for God, how you love God, how you obey God by honoring your husband, showing him respect and loving him. And God says that that will, will speak to your husband more than anything else that you, do, that you do or say. It's how you treat him and how you live in front of him. And that's our job. And if we can't do that, we shouldn't be doing anything else until we are at the place where we can do that. And uh, because that's what God requires of us. And I want to do what God does. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm better than I used to be. And God honors me for that because I'm, I'm attempting. That's where I'm heading, where I can be 
exactly what God, what God wants me to do uh, and to be for the man that he's placed in my life. That's my job. And um, that's what I'm going for. Then the next question. Thank you very much for all the godly wisdom you shared. I have been learning about creating healthy boundaries in friendships from previous woman-to-woman -woman episodes. And I now realize that a lot of my friends should only be my acquaintances. We don't share the same interests anymore and are not walking the same path in following God. How should I respond when they reach out to me? I don't want to hang out with them as much as often, but still want to walk in love towards them. You know, for a lot of your friends or acquaintances that do not have come in common God with you, sometimes all you have to do is witness to them. They'll stop reaching out. Mm -hmm. They don't want anything to do with that. It also helps you to make sure that you didn't make a mistake. Because if they don't want to talk about God, then what do you have to discuss with them? Hmm. You know, and we, our relationships with other people are, is so much built on uh, what we have in common. But the number one thing you have to have in common is God. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I don't, I don't, to me, I cannot take you sitting there and talking about God in a way that you think that he's not a real person or he's unfair or he's unloving, that's the quickest way to get me upset. And so I have to do boundaries because I know that about myself. I can't, you cannot, you cannot sit in front of me and talk about God in a negative way. If you do, um, duck. <laughs> uh, you just have to understand that I'm not perfect. And it's like you're sitting in front of me you're talking about my, my natural mother or father. Uh, it's, it doesn't go over. Now, how, do, how many people, I mean, how many friends do you have or do you know that's going to allow you to talk about their mother or their father? And or they're going to be your friend. You're going to they're going to continue to be your friend after that. So, yes, I believe I, I, I agree with you that. Um, you have to separate yourself sometimes from people, but you also need to make sure that they're not in your life for a reason. So you have to ask God. Is this person in my life for a reason? Have I completed my assignment where this person is concerned? See, sometimes you're witnessing to people, but you're not, you don't have to follow it through. You might be planting the seed. But if you haven't planted the seed, you can't kick that person out of your life until you planted that seed if, that, if that's what God has that person there for. So you have to acknowledge and talk to God about the importance of that person in your life, why they're there. And you need to learn how to put them in a category, category that they need to do, be in or you need to be able to just obey God and do what you're supposed to do with them and then move them on to where, where they need to go. Sometimes you can just connect them with someone else um, that, that can reach them. You know, sometimes you may have a friend that may have the same type of uh, lifestyle or have had the same type of lifestyle and could get, even get through to them better than you can. 
uh, because they have something in common. Uh, so you have to talk to God to find out if that's what that person is there for. Tune in next week for part two of this episode of Woman to Woman. If questions you've had about dating, marriage, and friendships have gone unanswered, this book will put these questions to rest and put you on solid ground in your interpersonal relationships. Do you want to learn how to navigate successfully through life's changing seasons with its crossroads and uncharted waters? Find the information you need for a happy journey in establishing godly relationships through marriage and family. Order your copy today.